Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It is available from Chaosium. I am the gamekeeper, and this is the episode 12. Our recap will be given by Stuart Lipley as his character, Sidney Sharpton. So without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Stuart? Thank you, Tom. <clears throat> Dear Professor Smythe, I know you're collecting notes for your journal regarding this unusual case involving Matthew Pook and that damned Fez. Montgomery, Bernard, Charles, James, Dimitri, and I, after searching high and low, have come up with the following. We discovered at Pook's apartment, Lauti, the leader of some cult, held the Fez, but seemed, along with his cohorts, fearful of it. Lauti and gang pursued obtaining something from the Fez collector, Mr. DeVore, perhaps a book. Matthew Poop does indeed steal the blood red Fez and hope to bring it to Garo Demir in Constantinople. Just a couple days after that diary entry of Matt's, he ended up dead where we all saw him. We also discovered that the blood red Fez was apparently created during the reign of Selim Ayavuz. Selim the Strong, long ago. Mehemet, user of dark magics, used blood of Hamza to create a fez of great power. Through blood sacrifices, the wearer could control others who were enslaved to it. Warnings were added, though. Warnings that wearing the fez will bring ruin to the wearer. Only those skilled in dark arts dare try to use such a thing. To find such knowledge and more, one must consult the book, The Whispering Fez. We later discovered that the Fez collector, Mr. DeVore, was brutally murdered, most likely by Lauti and his thugs, that they stole what might be a book, most likely The Whispering Fez, in the original Persian, perhaps. Lauti and thugs now are in possession of ticket passage aboard the Orient Express, scheduled to leave soon. Can we catch them? Dare we catch them? We have one day before the Orient Express departs. But lastly, perhaps most disturbing of all, this cult appears to have files on all of us, including you, Julius. Hope to see you soon. Your faithful servant, Sidney Sharpin. Okay, and as we left you, you were hiding in the apartment building uh, just down the stairs as uh, Mr., uh, the man you suspect to be Bentley Burnham is coming through the door uh, with his bicycle. What would you guys like to do? I forget who's exactly there. I am. Charles and... I'm and there as well with Bernard, I think. Bernard, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. This, this is our chance to this to sneak out of here. Uh, yeah. So uh, you want to sneak out? We should wait and see if uh, he phones anyone or something that we can hear. I think confronting the lout, given that uh, he has more information on us than the other around, might be an error. But if we could overhear something, it might be useful. 
We'll um, follow him if he turns around and hairs it away from the place sorry, to a telegraph I'm having, office. I'm having a bit of deja vu. I felt like we... Didn't we already leave and rejoin the others? No. You, uh, no. Uh, you were upstairs. You saw him on his bicycle. You quickly went down the stairs with the dossier and... You were, I, I left you trying to decide whether you were going to leave or whether you were going to stay there and okay. jump in. Okay. All right. So he comes in uh, acting rather nonchalant, uh, maybe whistling a little tune. Uh, he goes to his post box, um, opens it with a key, uh, grabs a couple of pieces of mail, um, and then uh, almost, uh, I would say, it merrily uh, goes up the stairs carrying his bike. And you hear him go up. Uh, you can imagine him going across the floor and then opening up his door and closing it. And maybe a little bit of movement around in his room. Uh, listening to his footsteps, it doesn't sound like he suddenly, like, quickening his pace like he noticed that someone had been in there no now he's one floor up so you don't you know everything is very muffled right i suppose we might as well depart if um if he does notice that the you know his place has been entered he could leave in a hurry and so attempting to sneak near his room rooms might be uh we might be immediately discovered it's right. disappointing though I'd like to know who he's in touch with and all that oh I think that he got got her names from uh, from uh, Mr. Uh, Leeds who got it from Matthew, Matthew Pook during unfortunate interrogation well, how did uh, how did Pook get her names I've never met him before well he called for he called for Smythe. He called for Smythe. They might have been keeping an eye on Smythe's associates. Or if they're keeping a watch on his house and saw us come and go. Could have. Mm. Uh, Unless oh, that, yes. I was going to say, if we're going to go, we, we should go now. I don't like being in this rundown neighborhood. Do have a picture of Mr. Bentley since you saw him now. Not particularly big, mm -hmm. kind of average looking. Um, not even particularly tall, just really average. Yeah. So if we were less than gentlemen, we could probably um, give the loud a bit of a trouncing and see if he squeals, but it's not really to my taste, this whole torture business. Yes, I'd, I'd, much, uh, I'd rather uh, lampoon his reputation than, uh, than uh, harm him physically, but uh, he doesn't seem to be a man of high status anyhow. No. All right, so you decided to sneak out? Yep. Uh, you go quickly out, um, and you kind, of, you kind of avoid going across the front, since yes, we, we know where we saw him yeah. come from, yes. Um, 
All right, and you go back to rejoin the others. As I recall, was it afternoon or early evening? Uh, I believe it was like 6 p.m. Yeah, it was evening. Yeah, it was evening because we were also using the cover of dark to get into that other house. There's a light dusting of snow on the ground, uh, and it's cold out, so you guys all have your heavy coats and stuff. Um, Tomorrow morning is when you will need to catch, uh, to leave London and head for uh, Dover to take the ferry across to Calais. And from Calais to uh, Chalon-sur-Marne to join with the uh, Orient Express. And the... uh, the, Our our knowledge about uh, Lauti going ahead, presumably with the Whispering Fez book, Will he have had to wait for the same ferry, or is there already one train or more ahead of us, do we think? You don't know. The ferries are more frequent, probably, than the Orient Express. So, in- You know that he bought tickets um, uh, before the murder of uh, Mr. DeVore. Hmm. Yeah, well, at least before we learned of it. Right. Perhaps we could go talk to the uh, the ticketing agency. They they might have have a name or when he purchased it. Not sure that they'll give you that kind of information. Even assuming, yes, it seems like a bit of an invasion of privacy. Even assuming that he's using his own name. Eper. Yes, sir. I I have a question. Dimitri is a foreign exchange student. He's Russian. Uh, He's also from an incredibly wealthy family, a wealthy line. Uh, What is the Russian society like in London? Is there a, is there a small? um, Well, it's still Imperial Imperial London, Imperial Russia right now. Yes. So, yeah, you're all, I think that Tsar is related to the king. So, okay, there's high society, Russians. Uh, So, uh, while the others were gone, after we had returned, um, Dimitri's been thinking to himself that uh, this is a very dangerous business that we're getting into. And we're planning an extended trip on the Orient Express. The others were probably wise to tool up. Um, Would Dimitri have contacts within this smaller Russian society group to acquire a shotgun? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. A shotgun for 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 most people are going to consider a shotgun to be something country folk you all use all the time, you know, rabbit hunting and everything else. And so it's not going to be that hard to find a shotgun. Okay. I mean, if you just claim that it's a fouling piece, um... right? In fact, it it may be right. Um, I believe in in London you have to have a license. I mean, in 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 Great Britain you have to have a license, but 
You definitely do in the 1920s. We'll just say that the question never comes up in the diary, so All right. you, you get a shotgun. <laughs> just to clear that up. Taking such a lead, if I could find a little uh, cudgel or blackjack, that would be very handy. Sure, not a problem. James, put Assault that down everyone. before you shoot your eye out. <laughs> Give me that. You're irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I was just showing them that is why. <laughs> it's staying down. Look, not in hand. He's got a gun from the future. Um, all right. So it's, it's mid-evening. Uh, the night before you have to leave, what would you? Is there anything else you'd like to do? Mm. Anything you'd like to look into? Anybody you'd like to research? Well, you I, may have I'm, covered. I'm curious everything. about how they came across this Bentley fellow. Um, I wonder. I don't know. I, I know quite a lot of wealthy people. I don't know if any of them have. Hired, I guess I can only think of him as a private investigator, but that feels like the wrong term. I don't know how. Um... He's living in a pretty slovenly area. Right. Yeah. So it's. Though his suit would indicate that he has some money. I mean, at least enough for clothes. His apartment mm-hmm. wasn't in disarray. It was fairly clean, but still in a shabby, dangerous neighborhood. I'm just trying to think of the type of person you'd hire in 1893 to, I guess, private investigator. But Yeah, I would say so. Maybe he lives in that area because that's where your contacts are in the under, underworld. Perhaps he describes himself as a consulting detective. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, the whole Pinkerton thing, there might be a number of independent sorts of people that'd like to follow that line. <laughs> I mean, there've always been, there's always been muscle for hire and the, the like. Um, what, ex- what exactly did he get on us? Yeah, I'll open up the dossier. Yeah. Uh, you look at the dossier and uh, there's information on each of you. It would seem that uh, he's got written lists of your activities, what you're doing, but it all seems to start the day after uh, the Fez incident in Whitechapel. So he didn't start investigating you until the next day. Hmm. And anyone could have seen us all gather around. Yeah, but our, such. Yeah, our yeah. name. So who all was there? It was us, Professor Smythe, the landlady, right. the, the doc- doctor's in no shape to uh, tell anyone. But someone, the police showed up and talked to Professor Smythe, if I remember. So it could be someone in the police past, the, past her name. Well, I can't imagine Petratus. Do a library. We'll call it that. Whoever wants to. 
is it's not too hard to put together some of this. Mm. Any passes? Critical failure. Maybe it is too hard to put. Yeah, this yeah. <laughs> ninety-four. Charles has had too much Mike. whiskey before he started. I got a ninety-six on anything like. Would you say library? Yeah. yeah. I got Come an on. eighty-four. I am clueless. Come on, Dimitri. Oh no, I read that backwards. Yes, I made it by one. Standard success. Um, oh, thank goodness. What it looks like is it starts with him being interested in all of you that were met with Mr. With, with Professor Smythe. And then he finds a lot of information on Professor Smythe because he's a professor at the university. So it's fairly easy. And then he starts looking into associates and finds you. And then he kind of drops Smythe because Smythe isn't doing anything. Smythe is staying there. You people have been going all over the place. And he has been either following you or having an associate follow you and report on what you were doing. Um, he didn't have to because we split up a lot. So there right. must be a bunch of them following. But us. he doesn't know. He doesn't seem to know what you were doing. It's just that he'll see that you've gone to the library or you've gone to and that you seem to be researching something. And the whole thing seems to be geared towards telling somebody who you are, what you're doing, and, and maybe why you're doing it, although he hasn't been able to figure that out yet. Hmm. But specifically you. Uh, and there's no... Uh... He doesn't have notes about our backgrounds or does he even have all of our full names? Um, I think in some case, yes, he does. Because mm. you guys are all aff affiliated with Smythe and, you know, asking around, people will, oh, yeah, he hangs around with Smythe all the time. Yeah, so. There are certainly some public records and things. We're not uh, a shameful group. So he's got accomplices, and they're competent. That we have competent enough that we haven't noticed that we've been followed. But he doesn't. I guess the danger here is that we know that um, if he's had a chance to report this information, there'll be eyes out for us. Well, it was in his suitcase, and it did seem like he was packing. Yeah. So perhaps he hasn't. Uh, yes, unless he telegraphed ahead, there's there's some chance that he's now got little to report except what he remembers off the top of his head. Mm -hmm. Can't be that much. But yeah, if Probably. he's packing, I you think he was planning to uh, take the ferry? Also, wouldn't be at all surprised to see him. Mm -hmm. Unless he sees us first, in which case he'll presumably don a petticoat and a blonde wig and <laughs> hide behind a large cup of tea somewhere. <clears throat> well, we must be vigilant, keep an eye out if uh, they're onto us. 
almost wondering if it would behoove us. Actually, we won't be here much longer, so it won't help, but I suppose maybe we could write a, a letter to Laurity saying, uh, uh, admiring him and saying we have some good information for him and leave that laying about. So if they research us, they, uh, they think we might be more friend rather than foe. I wouldn't uh, give them anything else, uh, Sharpton. Uh, these blighters are quite uh, a violent sort, it would seem. So I, I don't know how much more we, we want to hand them, and I don't, and I don't think they'll fall for any bluff. Wouldn't want to inadvertently confirm any suspicions either, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Because right. if we, yeah, acknowledging him in such a manner would just prove that we know who he is. Um, Good point. Okay. But before before I leave, uh, I'll ask uh, my dear Winifred to uh, go out to her country estate for a while as I'm as I'm abroad. Um, just because I don't know exactly what these devils know about me and where I live here in London, but I certainly don't want her getting uh, getting hurt. Should they come looking for me? There doesn't seem to be any kind of that personal information. There. Okay. It's very focused on what you guys have been doing, where you've been going. And in that regard, there's nothing, say, underlined or with a marginal notation. Like, they did this, they did that, and then they went to the... Nothing right. stands no. out. And didn't you see him once before? Yes. Do you remember where? Yeah, on the bicycle. I was on the bike. Is when we were at uh, we we at returned stu- that students' living quarters. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He rushed down from the Pook place, wasn't it? Yeah, he he had already. Uh, I don't know if ransacked the right word, but he already went through it. Sped away on a quite nice bicycle. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if they sent him there to go look for the Fez, or if he was just digging. Oh, well, let's see. Questions without uh, anybody to answer them, I suppose. True. Uh, sure. Other than the man himself. But... So, did you have another question? No? Um so your evening goes pretty much like you'd expect. You guys have a bit of restless sleep. Um, you all gather together in the morning. You've got your luggage packed, whatever you're bringing with you. Uh, you can't bring the shotgun in the train with you, but you can you know, have it stored as luggage. Um, after all, you're not going hunting on the train. <laughs> um, so the way this goes is you have to catch a train from London to Dover. And then from Dover, you take the uh, ferry across to uh, Calais. That's a, a few hours trip. Um, I would like you all to do spot in while you are on the ferry. Uh, if we're specifically looking for Mr. Um, Burnham. Do we get twenty six? Somebody help me! 
Somebody help me. My eyes have fallen out of my head. <laughs> well, I'm see, I failed, but I'm looking for your eyes. So it's yeah. I got a five. So that's okay. Dream. Well, I think that's good because uh, uh, David was going to say to you get some specialty because you're actually actively looking for him. Mm-hmm. And what James realizes is that Burnham is indeed on the ferry and he is actively avoiding you so that mm-hmm. you don't notice him. But with your eagle eyes, you you spot him, you know, going around the front of the ship as you're coming around a corner. So he knows you're on the on the ship. Now I know, but <laughs> you know. And as far as he knows, you don't know who he is because he has no idea it was you. Who is there's some chance actually that he doesn't even recognize that his luggage was ransacked. I don't always look through it a second time. It's possible. I will relay what I saw to only one. So I don't, if we group up and he watches, you might, I don't know. I might have spotted. I will speak to Charles about it. If you got an extreme, you also spotted it. Oh, just a heart. Okay. Uh, I was helping look for Dimitri's eyes. Um, Yes, I fear one of them has rolled off the side of the ship and into the channel. I'm sorry, Dimitri. Are you all okay? Oh, that beluga whale is bringing your eye back. Too. Oh, good. <laughs> Poke it back in. I was heard they were intelligent animals. So, given that you spotted him, James, do, do you do you think that he uh, recognized that? Did you did he look back in with you know the rabbit's gaze of terror, or did you catch him by the side? No, I I, I caught a glimpse of him. I, it seems as though he's. He's avoiding us. So he's, I don't. You also get the impression that he is watching you as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he knows that we know that he's watching us. And I don't think he knows that we know. That you know that I know. Yes. I mm-hmm. Do we want to confront him? Observe, I guess. I think it's hard to observe one who's trying to observe you. What I recommend, I suppose, is that when we make the connection to the train. We purposely divide ourselves up and make some sort of program to go from the front of the train to the back in separate groups. I would very much like to see who it is that our uh, young um, supervisor is meeting on the train, if anyone. And if he's trying to watch all of us, but we're all in different places, it would be quite difficult for him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you, uh, do the tickets that we've received already have a, a berth, etc., on them, or we could do you think we could arrange that when we meet up with the express? They they actually do. Um, uh, you uh, now to to it's kind of, it's a little convoluted because it's different than your nineteen twenty three trip. Um, the the Orient Express leaves Paris. Okay, but you're not going to Paris. You're going to Chalon-Samarn and you're going to meet the train. They will have a car for you that'll go from Calais to Chalon-Samarn that will then just attach to the Orient Express. Uh, so 
you will have the same car as the one that you have. Um, it, it's going to be sleeping car one. And but, presumably that single train that we board will have uh, Mr. Burnham on it. And so all of this skullduggery is going to be difficult to maintain, assuming that he's going to the express as well. We can't very well go to Chalet, to Tremont, to Perry, and not run across one another, even yeah, if he dines share. alone. We're going to share that one car. The, what, the one car houses, what, 20 people at tops? Well, there could be more than one car. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Depending on tickets sold, yes. It's still going to be a small enough conveyance overall with one dining area. I mean, I wonder if we shouldn't just buy the fellow a scotch whiskey and say it'll be easier for all of us if we travel as one. It's um, And then throw him off the train. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting convenience outside the game that under normal, uh, normally on the Orient Express, there are 20 people to a car. However, in this entire campaign, there are 10 people to a car because it's easier than 20 people to a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those cars in that, that for original map are actually twice that length and there's a lot more rooms in them. So Dang. 10 people to a car. All right. Yeah, I like the idea of just getting this over with. Confront him, talk to him. Well, well there's nowhere the, to run on a ferry. Yeah, yep. I was say we could yeah. confront him here. If he's at the bow, I'll take the port side, and someone take the starboard side, and we just kind of walk. And then he has nowhere to run other than overboard, yeah, I guess. Do two confront him, and then two to one flank, and two to the other. The now, when we consider this, of course, uh, you know, we know that we're dealing. We don't know what. Uh, for whom precisely Burnham is working, or whether he himself is quite a fanatic enough to murder a fez collector for a book, but we should be mindful that he might panic and attempt a, a violent escape. That's why we all need to stick together in case he does turn a bit violent. Uh, is there? Is it? Um, if is there a? Uh, are there middle compartments and then also walkways on the sides so that we could go? The, the ferry is actually fairly large because it's, you know, it's got a lot of vehicles on it as well uh, to, mm. to go back and forth across. Um, but for the most part, it's either side and there is like middle compartment where you can go and sit, you know, and have tea or whatever. But you have to go down to the sides to get into the middle. I think we could lay a bit of a, a trap with ourselves as the bait. Mm -hmm. If four of us get some nonsensical book, something that doesn't matter, but we engage in a very, uh, you know, intense conversation over it, over, yeah. mm -hmm. um, that's bound to get his notice um, and the other two can get and watch and find him that way. Have him come to us. Or again, if we if two of us take starboard, two of us port, and two of us the center, we advance from the rear of the vessel to its bow. I don't imagine he can readily fail to run into two of us. Also remember there are more than you on the boat. There are certainly probably 50 people on the boat. Yeah. Making it harder for him to slip one of us a short, sharp blade and make a dash for it. 
Yeah, but that is very wise. I, I, I dare this man to jump overboard to avoid us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So who goes first? What are you going to do? Well, we should have, you know, uh, at least we should have the three rugged of us divide up port center and starboard. And anyone, you know, who feels lucky with one of those spaces, join up. Three, three groups of two should be safe, I should think. I'll take port. I shall go with you, Charles. Ah, thank you, Dimitri. That makes me feel better. And I'll take starboard. Oh, no! Go ahead. <laughs> I'll I'll go uh, take starboard as well. Then looks oh, like you're with me in the center, James. Uh, yeah. All right. So he's up towards the front of the boat, and uh, he is. Uh, two of you are going. Whoever's walking in the front. Uh, we'll notice this first, but uh, he's he's making notes in a little hand journal, uh, and as you and he's facing, he's leaning against the rail, facing in towards the boat. So you're going this way; he's going backwards. He's sitting like this, and as he notices either one of you coming around the corner, he. Uh, just sort of turns around, closes his book, puts it away, pulls his hat down like this in the hopes that he just looks like a like another passenger and tries mm-hmm. to, you know, blend into that. There's nowhere for him to blend in. But. So as, as we broke into three pairs and went from the back of the boat toward the bow, we should roughly come up on that interesting display at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I always found him. I'll, I'll walk up to the rail, I guess, next to him. Pull out my pipe and say, you don't happen to have a lighter, do you? Oh, wow. Uh, Matches or something? Sure. And he uh, pops the lighter and lights your cigarette. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he uh, starts to turn to walk away. But Dimitri is right there for him to <laughs> physically bump into. Excuse me. Yeah. Hello, he friend. Where are you going? And I'll hold on to him. Oh. Uh, he sort of, you're big. He sort of cowers a, a little bit. And he says, um, excuse me, sir. Um, if you don't mind. He looks around at all of you and, and this sort of look is like, oh shit, the chick is up, you know. Sort of comes Dimitri's over very face. handsy. Arm around the shoulder, hand patting his uh, tummy. I uh, I don't want any trouble. Well, that's good. That's very good. Um, you have quite a, a habit of writing now, don't you? Well, that's my job. Oh, you don't look like a poet to me. No, I, uh, I, uh, I work for the uh, uh, Birmingham uh, Daily Post. I'm a reporter. Hmm. 
Do you suppose Matthew Pook was a subscriber to that publication? I don't know. I haven't seen Matthew Pook in a while. I was uh, trying to get him to do some research for me. Uh, but he seems to be missing. Yes, now, if you don't a, mind. I guess uh, a thorough search for him in his rooms uh, in private, leaving the place at a bit of a shambles. Um, shit. Yeah, quite. Let's have a, uh, you know, rather than trying to slip away, let's sit down and have a civilized conversation. You can cease lying to us and we'll be reasonably frank with you as well. Uh, all right. So I was hired to find out who you are. And that's it. That's it. You know. Hired by who, though? Well, you know, I, I don't like to divulge who my clients are, but I was. I don't like people uh, taking notes about my, <laughs> my activities. All right. All right. That was a Mr. Loudy. Mm. He, uh, he uh, told us about uh, some professor and uh, wanted to know who the people were hanging around him and what they were up to. That's, that's it. I've just been, I, you must have guessed, I've been following you around, finding out what you were doing. I've got a... And you're hoping, you're hoping to meet Mr. Lauti on the Orient Express? Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in Paris now, but he's supposed to be on the Orient Express tonight. I was planning on giving him my report and then uh, getting off in Stuttgart, coming back. That, hmm. That's the extent of my business, you know. And honest to God, I don't really know what you, you people just seem to be. I don't know. A lot of people like to go to the library and snoop around where you're not supposed to. But it seems like we have things in common. Well, I don't even know what the hell you guys are doing. So I don't have much to tell Mr. Loudy. Well, Would it trouble you at all to be aware that Mr. Lauti was a torturer and a murderer as well? Well, we can't be perfect, can we? I don't know anything about the man. I, uh, you know, he hired me through connections. I don't know how he knows the connections. Um, he seemed like a rather, uh, I don't know, charismatic gentleman. So, so you're a private investigator or you work... Your job is with the paper. I'm just a guy. I, the paper was a lie. I, uh, I just do the jobs that some people hire me for. I do all sorts of things. You didn't happen to pay a visit to a, a Fez collector, did you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Want to roll well, my fellow is in the... Go ahead. No, that's a fail. No, he doesn't seem to know anything about as collector. When, when a fellow is in the business of uh, selling information, he should probably be very well informed himself. Read several daily papers, for example. There, you will find that a fellow named Devore was recently murdered. 
uh, his collection of writings on the Oriental hat of the Fez was violently disturbed. Look, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. You really should make it your business. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think we have any further business with you, but I would personally advise you, if it's at all possible, it would be unwise for you to make your connection to Mr. Laude, as again, he has very low regard for human life and your incomplete success might be more dangerous to report than if you were to say simply, you know, take another French vacation rather than meet up with him. What, that guy? Can I say this? Well, he certainly doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's tough or anything. Well, he's, he's already his... killed two people. The, the, the boy you... whose apartment you uh, ransacked, Matthew Pook, they tortured him for information. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, a person's got to earn a living somehow, and I sometimes deal with people who are kind of shady. I and mean, I don't know, if he's a murderer, then maybe I should go through the deal. He's not going to murder me on the Orient Express. Never heard of people murdering murdering anybody on the Orient Express. No, it is unthinkable. Uh, yes, well, if one of his associates follows you besides, off the train at your stop, uh, they don't have to kill you on the train. You you say he very charismatic. Do you find me charismatic? I don't know. I don't know you that much. You're a little flamboyant, but I've, guys... I've got an arm around his shoulder and I'm holding it. I'm patting him right on the chest, right on the heart. I can feel his heartbeat. I go, I know right where you sleep tonight. Yes. Very charismatic. You go to Paris or you go home. What do you choose? Well, I wasn't planning on going to Paris. Um I think you'd be missing home now. Yes. I think I'd be getting ready to swim home. <laughs> uh, you look like very strong swimmer. I'd like to see that. Fine. Um, I mean, maybe we can strike a deal. Um, you know, you don't. You don't say who I am or who or where I come from or where I live. And, uh, you know, I'll give you the dossier. Right, mate. Hmm. Oh, so good choice, my friend. And I want to give him a big hug and start running my hands up and down his torso to see if I can feel anything in his pockets and maybe go ahead and fish that out. Um. Yeah, when you start to reach for his gun, he kind of... Uh, pulls back to, you know, I'm not going to let you have my gun. <laughs> okay. He definitely, hey, he's packing a gun. All right. Yeah. If he's packing, I want to just trap it there. All right. You know? you're, you're big and stronger than he is. He's, he's not willing to fight when he's completely surrounded by people. So you pull out his gun. It's a nice little pearl-handled affair. Oh, very pretty. Very pretty. Must be very careful. Very dead. Oh, butterfingers! And over um, the edge it goes. There are other people on board noticing now that you guys are kind of accosting this fella. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you drop it over. I drop it. Oops. I'm so sorry. Uh, that. Oh, shit. Um, Very so sorry. no deal. Bye, no Paul. deal then. Fine. No deal. Okay. I mean, I can't afford this kind of shit. Well, I mean, so, so it's we just about money. I'm already not getting paid half my half what I was going to get paid. So mm-hmm. I just assume not have anything to do with it. It has the benefit as well that you won't be, you know, brought up on charges and accomplished to the murder of Matthew Pook. Or I didn't have anything more. to do with that. I don't even know there was a murder. Uh, and yet, your association with Mr. Lowdy could look for him, etc. I mean, it, it so what are they going to few? Are we going to hire the uh, 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 arrest the uh, people that sold him his cane and his cape? Rest is Taylor. Rest is everybody associated with the man. Everybody who bought him his little lapel flower and all that shit. When you associate with people who are associated as well with torture and murder, it's just fine. fine. Whatever. Whatever. We'll we'll take the dossier. Fine. It's, uh, It's in my bag. Yeah, we'll take the notebook in your pocket. The dossier is not in your bag. Silly lad. He tosses the, the thing to you. And it's basically got things, well, I'm actually on the ferry, and these people are on the ferry, too, and I'm keeping an eye on them from the other <laughs> Um And, of course, there's nothing in his bag. Mm. What the fuck? Where's my... Where's my, my... I swear to God it was in there. Mm. Shit, did I leave it? Did I leave it in my room? I'm going to meet very dangerous people without what they want. That's not wise. Mm. You were lucky. So you guys gonna let him slunk away? Yes, with a with a kiss on each cheek. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he slinks away to the far end of the ship. <laughs> Cursing himself. Mm. In all, do you want to talk about it, or do you want to go on? Yeah, I. In all honesty, I think we helped the fellow get out of a business he wasn't well suited for. I think he should get into velocipede racing or something. I mean, if he he goes and canvases that room and can't even find the receipt for his own uh, for his own hiring, that's a uh, you should thank us. We probably saved his life dealing with those people. Yes, we probably did. Quite possible. So, onward. I think we made new friend. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think the least we could do is pay for the fellow's ticket back. Yeah, I was almost thinking along those yeah. lines. Forward some money to a location he can, you know, we can entice him to actually go home. Give him a little compensation. I don't mind giving him a little bit. You can call it the Pearl Handled Fund. <laughs> mm. All right. So you arrive in Calais, and there's a little bit of a wait um, while you're waiting for the uh, the sleeper cars to be uh, to to get underway for uh, Chalon Samar. Um, you eventually get on board 
and uh, you are in uh, you were in car number uh, uh, one, uh, which mm-hmm. we'll go over the, the, where you guys are. You're going to be in. Uh, let's see, I do have one here somewhere. Um, you're going to be in one, two, and three. So, uh, you, since you did buy the tickets ahead of time, you are assigned. Uh, Montgomery and uh, Bernard are in one. Sydney and Charles are in two, and Dimitri and James are in three. Uh, also, there are a lot of other passengers, so all of the rooms are it's packed. Um, some people look well. Everybody looks wealthy because you can't ride on the Orient Express if you're not yeah. wealthy. Um, uh, Dimitri, do a uh, spot hidden roll. The rest of you also do spot hidden rolls, but for a different reason. I have a. I have a standard success, but I can make it hard if I need to. No, standard success works. I have a regular success, one shy of a hard. I have a hard success, which is saying something because I'm not the biggest spotter. I have no success. I have an extreme 006. I have no success. I'll (laughs) give it to the extreme. Sydney, as you guys are being as you're assigned, you're. Getting on to the train, and it's only—it's going to be leaving in you know a few minutes. Um, Sydney, you glance over, and coming out of the telegraph office is Mister Bentley, oh, and he seems uh, uh, looking around warily, probably to see if you guys are around. But he has sent a telegram. To somebody. Oh yes. And so, uh, but he is not getting on the train. Yeah, yeah. He sent a telegram, guys. Right, Dimitri. Uh, you, as you are getting on the train at the in the same car, but at the other end, you, there's other people getting on that side. Um, you think you recognize a Russian noble by the name of? Uh, uh, Count Rudolf uh, uh, Razumovsky. Uh, he's about 55 years old, very dignified looking fellow. Um, there's a fairly young woman with him. He's got an entourage. There's a fairly young woman with him that he, just by custom, you can tell it's probably his wife, but she looks half his age. And then there are a couple of assistants, uh, one fairly large fellow like you, uh, probably a bodyguard. Um, yeah, they're, they're getting on the other end of the train. Uh, I'm sorry, just the other end of the car that you're in. And as you guys are going in and putting your stuff in your cabins, they are also. So they're down at the other end of the same car that you're on. They're probably heading to Constantinople as well, somewhere along the line. Um, what do you know about him? You know that he is. Oops. Uh, you know that he is um, 
uses the term autocrat. Mm. Um, uh, he's probably, I mean, he's a czarist, right? He's a czarist noble. So you're not exactly sure everything about it, but you're, you're pretty sure that's his wife, that young woman. All right, so you are now getting on the car to Chalot sur Mar. You uh, that that travels to Chalot sur Mar, and uh, as it's going, it's getting evening, um, and uh, you are uh, fed. So the, there's uh, dinner served on the Chalon sur Marne car. Um, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't, well, it doesn't uh, connect in Chalon sur Marne until 10.35 p.m. So around 10.35, you pull into the station and your car is attached to the Orient Express. Uh, and the next stop is... Um, going to be Strasbourg, uh, which you'll arrive in Strasbourg at 3.43 a.m. in the morning. So it's 10, 10.26 now. Um, all right. So the, we'll just say the layout's fairly similar to your 1923 car. There is a restaurant. There is a salon, a, a lounge, and various people about you don't really have to do spot hiddens because there's no not that many places you can't really hide mm -hmm. as you move towards the lounge you put your stuff away if you've moved into the lounge to take you know, maybe evening drink um there uh recognize there's the count um and his wife and a number of assistants. There's definitely a man uh, over in the corner who looks like he's probably a bodyguard. Uh, there are a couple of elderly ladies. There are a couple of other people. And there is a young woman sitting at a table. And across from her is sitting a very flamboyant looking gentleman. Uh, he has a cape and a cane. Uh, he's uh, laughing rather loudly as he's speaking with her, and he is wearing a fez on his head. You notice a couple of other people in the car also wearing fezes that look like uh, they look like they could be thugs. But I would like you to do a spot hidden if you are looking carefully. Ooh, extreme. Uh, nice. Regular. 93, I'm going to need to enlist Dimitri's assistance to find my eyes this time. Well, Sydney mm. stepped on my heart of success, and I've got an 88. So. Charles, being the uh, very clever one, he purposefully um, walks right past the table um, to get a good look. And when he comes back, he reports to you that that man 
if that's Laudi, which it very likely is, he is actually wearing a blood red fez. Oh, so it had all the little lips yeah. or whatever. Oh. The other people are not. They're wearing regular fences. Mm-hmm. And you also notice that the woman seems upset about something, and he's trying to calm her down, you know, about something you didn't really hear. Mm-hmm. Um, she's fairly young, um, in her in her early twenties, I'm guessing, maybe even even younger. Uh, but you come back and report that he's actually yeah. wearing a blood red fez. Yeah. You, by chance, you guys also have yours, you know, stored away in a box in one of your rooms. Yeah. I didn't, hmm. think that there, I did, yes, I did not realize that more than one of the dumb things existed. And now he's got the... Maybe they were making guide. a new one. Possibly, yeah. There were notes as if they were copying something when they had poor Pook, so... Yeah, maybe... Taking the, very, very great care to say this very quietly into ourselves. Oh, yes. Not in the lounge car with all the best people. But it was said that the, uh, the Fez made long ago uh, would enslave, would control those enslaved to it. I wonder if they made a new blood red fez if if it would then control those who would be enslaved to that it might be a separate separate didn't didn't some of the notes talk about how uh one could also control the fez if you had right strength right control yeah proper ritual Mm. yeah the the stolen text specifically the whispering fez. It's interesting, though, if he's having difficulty controlling the woman, despite having the blood red fez, perhaps he hasn't learned its secrets yet, or... Maybe she's not enslaved to it. I think there was the line saying that those who are enslaved to it would be controlled. I'm wondering what, what does it take to become enslaved by the fez? No, I thought that I understood that it was the wearer himself that would be eventually servant to the blood red fez while he used it to control others. Mm. Something and, else of significance. Uh, yeah. He's had a couple of opportunities to see you. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know who you are. Obviously, because he didn't get dossier. Or a picture. Yeah. I wonder what he uh, could have gotten a telegram saying that we're on the train and that we took all of this stuff. He could have. Yeah. It, you know, without the dossier, he might have had a limited capacity to remember all of our names, uh, only so much space for description. Although you'd think the fellow would be looking around with suspicion had he received such a telegram. Maybe it was sent to, uh, I had to, I don't know, it probably would be sent to the train. Maybe he's merely supremely confident. Hmm. I wonder what room he's staying in. Or cabin. This is what he looks like. Mm-hmm. 
looks like trouble. What a fantastic mustache. Mm. Yeah. So, um, do you make any attempt to sort of overhear? Yeah, that might be a good it's idea. A little, little hard, but I'll try to get a bit closer. Maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you, James. Maybe, maybe we, we can a, get a drink. We can get a drink. Have a fake chat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you go by, do a listen roll. Oh God, ninety-eight. Oh God, seventy-eight. <laughs> <laughs> We're Come too on. engrossed in our own fake conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we don't well, care. they're not. They're not being particularly loud. Um, what you get out of that is you can see that she's teary-eyed. She's upset about something, and um, you also get the impression that she's a newlywed, and that. Something may be wrong with her husband. And Wait. the only thing you get from Loudy is that he's trying to reassure her that everything's going to be okay. But Loudy has this shyster sort of feel to it, you know, like a mm-hmm. like a, a charlatan who's trying to dupe her. They're not seating, sitting with the, the Russians, are they? The count? No. Okay. So the, no. the woman is not the Russian's wife. Right. Okay. No, the Russian, uh, the Russian is sitting down a little ways with his wife. Um, they're having a, a late dinner. Um, they're, you know, smoking. Um, you can do a psychology role when you look down at that table. But Dimitri, uh, uh, formal training—you know, years of growing up in the in the uh, in the courts—kicks uh, in, and so um, Dimitri uh, approaches the count and uh, will do a a snapping—you know—click of heels and curt, quick bow of head, and introduce myself and as. Uh, uh, Dmitry Sokolov, uh, son of, of Igor Sokolov, Baron. Oh, I've and, uh, uh, met Igor Sokolov at one point. Yes, I do remember. Very nice to meet you. Please, would you like to join us? Uh, it would be my pleasure. And uh, please allow me to uh, 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 offer uh, g- greatest, uh, uh, best vodka available on Orient Express. Yes, uh, well, they, of course they'll bring that. Uh, so you are, um, you. what are you traveling for? You're going somewhere. Oh, my companions and I uh, travel abroad to see the world uh, in between studies uh, in uh, London. Ah, well, that is as good a place as any. Uh, hey. A, a, a worldly education for those who would someday eventually lead the world. Yes? Indeed. We are trying ourselves to uh, find some diplomacy, some diplomatic situations to uh, situations in Mother Russia. Um, 
I am afraid things are not going so well. Uh, oh, what news from home? Unrest in the lower classes. Uh, it uh, it may lead to uh, difficulty later. I'm sure. I'm sure there are some red Republicans that would like to have me and my family wiped off the face of the planet. But uh, and uh, his wife looks upset, and she's like. We shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about nonsense like that. Now you can do another psychology role for me since you're at the table with them. I could give you a bonus. Holy bonus. All right. I'll throw a bonus die. I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> only one number will help. All right. That didn't help. I will spend the six luck though, to make it a success. Okay. So I only have base psychology. You, uh, you are familiar with the intrigues of the court. You're familiar with the way things are. Um, you've got this older gentleman who's got a very young wife. Uh, you've got uh, uh, the, the, the count's assistant at the next table, who is, uh, is a rather young, handsome man. Um, she's a rather lovely woman. And the count is very formal. Uh, you can guess that there may be some hanky-panky going on in the background. Um, the count might even be aware of it, but he's too, you know, rigid to acknowledge it. Um, you also know that that guy over there is his bodyguard, so he's watching everything that's going on like a hawk. But you get that's the situation with them. Um, all right. So the rest of you sitting at your table, um, you haven't you you got your drinks. You came back. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, so how many people are in the Louty party? There's the young bride. He's it's just sitting. him and her at the moment sitting there talking. Um, you're guessing. That that man over there might also be one of him because he's wearing a fez. Mm -hmm. But then again, who knows? Not an unpopular you know? hat these days. Right, it's kind of a popular hat. What does the other, other fellow look like outside of his chapeau? Looks like a thug. Mm -hmm. Looks like yep. the kind of guy you hire as, as somebody to you know, beat the crap out of somebody else. Um, right. He doesn't look cultured. Hmm. And, and since we've been in here, uh, nobody has come to speak to Loudy and gone away. There isn't there's no. no sign of a larger. No, but you do get a lot. You're getting a good good flavor of Loudy, and he's he's like a flamboyant charlatan. Um, she seems to be. Not clinging to him, but trusting him and not trusting him at the same time. Like, it's the only person that she has right now she can trust with something. But she's not sure. She's not being reassured. She's upset. Um, there's also other people in here. Uh, oh, you see, there's a few ladies and, and other people that you might get to know as time goes on. You know, fellows, I, 
I'm, I can't help but think, and I, little as I like to flout the law, you know, if there was some way that we could get into Lauti's cabin and retrieve the book that he stole from the poor old man that he had murdered, mm-hmm. he might have less control of his own headgear, and that would be well, all the worse for him. Do you suppose there's any way to figure out in which berth he is? And um... uh, Possibly. So, Keeper, uh, how do we pay for our food on this? Is it one? Is it just cash or is it one of them where you could go charge it to my room? That's a good question. Probably you pay for it at the time. Okay. Uh, Frank's, Frank's would be the common currency because it's Orient Express was French, run by the French. Okay. Yeah, I was hoping maybe that the receipt you could would have had the room, the birth number on it. Mm. But, um, about this time, um, a gentleman in a uh, Orient Express uniform starts coming table to table, introducing himself. Uh, he comes Henri? up. To, he comes up to your table and and, and introduces himself as Henri Peters. A rather handsome young man, uh, probably in his mid thirties. Uh, he uh, has dark hair, uh, very you know, sort of uh, handsome uh, features. He's very professional. Monsieur, uh, 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 if there is anything you need, I am Henry Peters. Uh, please, uh, uh, you know, simply uh, call call for me. Somebody will find me. And I shall take care of any difficulties or problems you might need solving. Um, he, uh, as you've seen him move around the room, he speaks multiple languages. So he has no problem speaking, even Russian. He speaks fluent Russian to the Russians when he's there introducing himself. Nice. Uh, and he chit chats with you a little bit to find out about you and who you are. Right. Anything I can do to make your your stay here comfortable, I shall. Uh, it should be my pleasure. Oh, and then I he moves on to other tables. Um, when he gets to Loudy's table, uh, you notice Loudy just sort of like, you know, do this to him, get mm. away. And there's you can do it. Oh, go ahead. There's no conversation they have. I Not really. It's it's like Laudy is Laudy is obsessed with this young woman, and okay. uh, when Henry comes up, he's just like, "Go away." Um, you can do a psych roll on Henry at that moment. No. Oh, seven. All right. All right. Success. Success. <laughs> I can spend dis- a point to make it. No. You get the distinct impression that that Henry is not impressed with Mister Loudy. Nah, you know, not. he is not polite. He is not friendly. He is not worth the time. So mm. he moves on. Um, however, he did seem a little concerned for the woman. He seems upset, but if he's shushed off, then he shushes off. So you've got Henry Peters somewhere on there. Mm. So S- Sydney and I continues a 
uh, low conversation with James with another drink, as close as we can reasonably get to Lauti's table. Do another uh, listen. Ooh. Ooh, that is a success. Barely, oh. but a success. Good. I barely missed it, so I'll let yours okay. ride. Yeah, James, you... She's upset because something has happened to her husband. Um, they're newlyweds. They've just, they've just been married, and now her husband is ill in the cabin, and he won't take off that damned hat. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm relaying it very quietly towards Sydney. I'm overhearing. This is not good. No, it isn't. Sounds like a punk special. Maybe we should tell the others now. You're right. <laughs> I need to say, <laughs> I say, Charles, what do you think's up with the fellows? They look very odd. Yeah. Uh, well, I, looking at Sydney there, he's got that look in his eye. He, th- he thinks he's discovered discovered something. Got a, the guy's hand shakes. It's a, it's a classic tell. Always like playing poker with him because you could always uh, tell when he had a good hand. It's a little wild, that eye, for my taste. <laughs> Fellows. So I guess we'll uh, um, just casually go over to the others. Yes. <clears throat> yes, Sydney, well, you, you look like the cat that got the bird. I, I believe that poor lady is upset because... He's being drained with a fez just like Matt Pook was drained. I believe he's on this train in a room right now as we speak. Her her husband? So yes. yes. So that's that would be three three fezes? Dastardly deeds are afoot. So many fezes. There's no time to waste. Maybe we could get that uh, handsome young porter who seems very friendly and somehow preternaturally wise to go and interrupt the newlywed before his entire cranium is drained. This, this might be giving power to it or to, to Lauti or who knows what the hell that darned thing does. I mean, if he's well, in distress, I wonder if we could hear him if he just walked through some of the cars. Based on our experience, we might have very little time. Uh, as you guys are, as you guys are uh, uh, talking, um, Dimitri's come back and joined you after having an interesting conversation with the Russians. Um, so he's mm. he's privy to all of this. Um, Laudy. Uh, he stands up rather theatrically and uh, swishes his cape about him. And he bows towards her and tops his hat and then turns and walks past you down the hall towards uh, probably car two, uh, since it didn't seem like he was in your car. Um, mm. 
and she's all alone sitting there upset and quiet. We should, we should go over and and offer her see what's what's up. Well, I think maybe some, we some of us should yeah. inquire after the lady and some of us should follow the lout. Reps two and four, because he might be armed and otherwise formidable. Yes. I am not overly charming, so perhaps one of you fine oh, gentlemen. I I can I can go talk to her. Charles, I can accompany you. Right. The rest of us after Loudy before he slips want. away. Yeah, we right. don't want Yeah, we'll keep an eye on Oh yes, did the thug yeah. follow Loudy out? Uh not yet. He's staying where he is for a few minutes. He's come. But he will see you go towards Cloudy. Mm -hmm. Good. So we should keep one eye backwards because we won't be alone for long. Yeah. See, I don't know. If we all go, then that's really suspicious. But if there's one person... Maybe Dimitri and I could go talk to that thug-like person, strike up a conversation, run temporary interference while Bernard and Montgomery, maybe you guys could follow Larty. So it would be screened activity. As you wish, follow or not. I'm going to catch up with him before uh, he disappears into into a cabin and I don't know where he's going. All right. So uh, I'll do the the people following uh, Loudy first. Um, He seems oblivious uh, to the fact that you're there. Um, In fact, he's so nonchalant about it. You get the impression that if if Bentley sent a telegram, Loudy never got it. Because he's not acting frightened or, you know, suspicious. Um, however, his bodyguard is always suspicious. And uh, when you guys get up uh, and start to move out of the room, he also gets up and starts to follow behind you. Uh, we'll say, David, you were going first up with Bernard. Uh, you see uh, Laudy go across into the second car. And do a spot hidden. You know, I'm very curious as to where Bernard spent his points. Because he doesn't seem to be good at anything. But even if he were, he rolled a 98. So, okay. so the, the door to the connecting cars closes before you can see which room Loudy goes into. But by then, you're close to your own car, your own bed. So you guys have the excuse to slip into your own cabins and make it look natural. Yes, if, if I don't even see the cape, you know, as the door closes behind it, then there's no reason to loiter, especially if there's a shadow encroaching, which I did anticipate. So, right. yes, we'll carry on to our own room. Uh, did uh, Henry move in this direction when he left the dining car, or did he move in the other? Well, at any rate, I'll, I'll pull the cord or whatever it is as we head toward uh, birth one. Okay. There's also other employees throughout the car. So you've always got somebody within. You know. I have this strange feeling about that Henry Peters fellow. 
almost premonitory sense. Well, he's, he's a good man. Uh, he certainly doesn't like Lottie. Yeah, and his desire to assist seemed born out of a reserve of genuine concern more than, you know, the frustrated uh, ambition of a, an impoverished fellow. Also, his facility with languages seemed quite impressive. Should it come into play? So it all plays out kind of like this. You guys manage to slip into your own cabins and the... Uh, fellow shadowing you uh he plays it up by just continuing and going to the second uh the second car as well um once again though when that door closes you can't really see in uh you could theoretically run up to it and peek through the little the little window but uh you'd have to literally run to get up to it fast enough to do that um all right, the other, um, let's see, James and Charles, uh, you uh, go over and you see the woman and she looks up at you for a moment and, and seems kind of embarrassed that she's teary-eyed, but it's obviously that she's been crying. Mr. Sleepy Charles. That's you, Keith. <laughs> Sorry, I, had it. I was thinking, and I, I was going to talk, and then I was on mute. So we have go, we go up to the woman, and uh, I, I was trying to think uh, what wine would be appropriate. I'm not a wine guy, so I'll get I don't like know, a, the, a red. The 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 cellar on the uh, yeah. on the train isn't very large. It's right. Guess hard to get, get to because it's under. Order a nice red wine. <laughs> ah, red wine. All right. So I'll bring over a, a red wine to her and uh, come over and it's like, um, uh, uh, oh, oh. um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, uh, did you want this booth or? Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, no, I, I saw, saw that you were, uh, you were troubled, and uh, I, I hate to see a, a, a woman in distress. Oh, I'm 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 sorry. It's it's um, it's it's nothing. It's is it a hat? Why would you say that? Uh, <laughs> we, uh, my friend and I, might have a have dealt with this issue before. A friend of ours had uh, contact with the gentleman that was sitting at the booth with you. Mr. And... Mr. Loudy? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, is he any good? He's supposed to be a spiritualist. My, my fool of a husband was so interested in the occult, and uh, they met in Paris, and uh, now he's very ill. Uh, Mr. Loudy gave him a hat, and uh, now he's, uh, he seems to be, uh, you know, having difficulty. Uh, he can't remove the hat, and he's uh, ill. Uh, it's, I'm quite distressed, and Loudy says everything will be fine, but I don't know. He seems, he seems like a nice man, but... Yes. How long has, has your husband been wearing the, uh, the... And, of course, I'm speaking in 
maybe looking in the corner of my eye, making sure the other gentlemen aren't coming over. How long has your husband had the fez on his head? On his head? Uh, it's been one day. Okay. One day. Ah. Uh, well. Um, my name is Elizabeth Ellie. Oh. Oh. Ellie. Charles. Uh, James. Mm-hmm. And my husband is Scott. Scott Myers, Ellie Myers. Oh, hmm. it's wonder, wonderful to meet you. Uh, oh, you. You say you know something. Um, yeah. Is my is my husband in danger? He could be. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, unless, unless we, I guess, uh, if we could see, meet your husband. Just uh, get she becomes she becomes very confused and upset. Um, the other three, are you coming back or? And D- and Dimitri, were you with them or were you with? Who were you with? Uh, I was going to be with James. I thought we were going to block that other guy earlier, but um, I did not go to speak with the woman. So. I'm with the other. Okay, guys. so you're at your at your booth. Okay, yeah. but you can overhear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, did uh, Sydney Bernard and Montgomery want to come back? Yeah, I, I um again, I'm looking for a way to contact the uh, this Henry fellow, the the chief porter or what. Oh, okay. He'll 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 he's on his way. We'll come back. She um so Elizabeth says um or Ellie says. Uh, I don't know. I'm very confused. You know, we were just married. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were going to start a life together, but my husband's so interested in magic. And this Mencalf, he's quite a, quite a character. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Mencalf. Oh. Loudy. Loudy. Okay. Ignore that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That has it really... Nothing. So it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going through my notes. I was like, what? No. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he um, he is a uh, an interesting man. Unfortunately, he uh, dabbles in some of the arts that are better to be left alone. And I I, I don't want to upset you, but I do believe that your husband is in danger. No. Well, I need to go be with him then. Is it not too forward to uh, accompany, accompany you to your room? Your husband is there, so wouldn't be any in, improper. Um, I, I, I'm afraid I don't, I don't know you, but, uh, you seem to know this uh, Loudy fellow. Um, uh, yes, I'm in. I'm in room six in the in the first car, same car as you. Oh. She doesn't know it's your car, but it's the same car. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in. Yeah, I give her my my room number, and happily, we are in the same same room. Perhaps 
perhaps later. It's it's very late. I'm very tired. Um, but uh, yeah, she seems very skittish. You know, she all this is hitting her. Um, you know, perhaps in the morning or. I I I yeah I need I need to go and so she she gets please excuse me so she excuses herself and walks away. Dimitri, you see her walk by rather quickly and upset. Um, and and uh, by this time uh, Henry has arrived uh, uh, to Bernard's room. Uh, oui, Monsieur Henry is here. What can I do for you? My good man, I, I I'm sorry to trouble you with. Um a story that I fear will seem a bit um, abstruse, if not eccentric. The uh, young bride in the dining car just then. Uh, Miss Myers, yes. If you say so very well. I, I have every reason to fear that uh, her husband is in grave danger. Uh, it will be easy enough uh, to disprove my peculiar theory, if in fact I'm mistaken. I believe that if you enter the room and find the young man, he'll be wan, cold, perhaps sweaty, and that he'll have a, a dark red fez on his head that it will need perhaps a surgery to remove. We just left a man in London who died as a result of wearing the same sort of hat procured by the same fellow, that Lauti, who's also on board. Um, I, and as odd as it seems, I, I sense in you a, a somewhat preternatural sensitivity, uh, even a sort of, well, you know, the French term déjà vu. It feel, I feel as though I've met you before and I can trust you more than I would normally. At any rate, you could write me off as an eccentric, if you will, if you knock at the door and they don't give you admittance, that'll be the end of it. But if you can go inside and see to the young man, it might well save his life. Monsieur, um, he looks extremely confused by this wild, almost incoherent to him tale. He doesn't understand what you're talking about, really. But he says, I, I will, I'll check on him. And uh, as he steps out, he sees uh, Elizabeth Myers coming. And he's like, uh, Miss, Miss Ma uh, Madame Myers, um, I've been told your husband is ill. Is that the case? And she's like, yeah, yes, he is uh, very ill. Um, uh, is it, uh, oh, do you want me to fetch a doctor? Is it contagious? Uh, she says, I, I don't know. Um, these gentlemen seem to believe that he's in some sort of danger from, uh, from that uh, loudy fellow. Hmm. Um, anyways, she, she says, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to uh, cause any trouble. But she, uh, she goes into her room, and he turns back and he looks at you, and he's got a look of concern on his face. Now, sort of the rest of you are sort of converging on the spot. Um, I, I, perhaps, messieurs, you can explain this a bit more to me. What is our... Uh, I mean, I will admit, messieurs, if uh, in confidence that I don't trust this loudy fellow. He seems like a pretender. Mm. 
If you will, uh, Henry, uh, imagine something that acted as a parasite, but looked like a garment of clothing. Imagine if they were mimicked a, a ring, you know, the way some sort of spiders mimic other creatures or the like. Uh, we fear that this Lauti is dealing in some sort of living, extremely dangerous living thing that uh, he uses to injure others. You saw how predatory he seemed with the young bride as well. Oh, all we, we, there was a fellow in London, another young man who came into contact with this Laudi who, who became sick and died. And now we're here on this train and we see that Slaudi fellow has encountered another young man who was now ill uh, and we fear a similar result. Uh, this uh, this this kind of trouble on my uh, train. Uh, uh, if you are you saying that this Lauti is uh, accused of murder? No. I can uh, say, I can uh, I can report to the I can have him removed from the train by the authorities when we arrive. Well, perhaps if you intervene with the young fellow's illness and danger, you'll have cause to believe that Lauti should be detained. He's not under any su suspicion at the moment. After all, imagine if you shipped an anaconda to someone and didn't leave a return address, it wouldn't be as though the authorities would chase you he under a train. Um, all of a sudden, the Myers door opens. And um, Elizabeth Myers uh, comes halfway out the doors and she says, oh, please, please, there's something terribly wrong. And uh, you all move over to the door. Um, uh, Scott Myers looks like he's maybe, well, he should be like 22 years old. Um, he's... He's not like in Pook's state. He's uh, definitely uh, looks very pale, like he's ill. He has a blood red fez on his head, which, like the other, has uh, knitted itself to his skin. Um, he's laying there, and he's delirious, and he's rolling back and forth and saying things that they make no sense. It just sounds like gibberish. Um, and she's extremely upset. She doesn't know what to do. Well, please, is there anything you can do? Uh, Who put that hat on him? Mr. Menkaf gave it. I mean, Mr. Mr. Loudy. I changed the name from the original. Mr. Loudy. Uh, uh, gave it to him because he was interested in magic. And now this has happened. That's a horribly toxic hat. We, we must try to remove it. Does anybody have a, have a knife? Or also, a fire uh, axe. Monsieur fire axe. <laughs> if, if, you, if you can compel Lauti here, he has the ability to save that young man doesn't look as young as I'd expect. 
he has the capacity to stop this, but I don't think, I don't know how you'll compel him to do so. Anyone do a spot hidden? Is Henri with us? Yes. Uh, I want to. Six. No. <laughs> a regular. regular. Uh, I want to grab Henri by the lapels and say, quick man. Uh, get get knife get knife from kitchen quickly we miss you so he goes um Sydney you 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 got a thumbs up yes yeah All right. um Scott Myers is propped up in the bed um he's back and forth like this and um those of you standing on sort of one side of the bed, uh, Charles and Sydney and whoever else passed, um, you think there's a book underneath the pillows? I mean, you can see the edge of it sort of sticking out. Give that a tug. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fairly large text, um, uh, an old book. Uh, well, not, not that old. Uh, actually, it's 1800. So it's like 1800. Um, not that old. But the title in rather fancy characters is The Whispering Fez. Interesting mm. that the young man should have it himself. Maybe. Uh, maybe well, Mr. Loudy left close. it in here. Yeah, so, well, quickly, let's flip through it and see if we can find some sort of yeah, is there and like, uh, to this a table. It's entirely written in Persian. Yeah. In, Henri, Henri, come back. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you who speak, speak all the languages know. I speak Arabic. <laughs> That's about, I can uh, understand Arabic. Uh, Do you speak Arabic? Yeah, I speak Arabic, yeah. Okay. That's my speciality in this. So... <laughs> So a lot of the characters are, are somewhat familiar to you, but the language isn't. So it's the equivalent of like trying to read Turkish with English letters that yeah. um, you just, you, you don't get it. Um, however, I mean, you've got the book. Uh, Henry comes back with a knife and um, he doesn't read Persian. That's not one of his. Do you know a, a member of the train staff who does? I can check, Monsieur, but it's not uh, something we we don't usually get Persians uh, on board the, the train. Turkish sometimes, yes. Many of us speak Turkish. Do we have that knife? Turkish will help. Uh, who who has the book? Who's looking at it? I think was I had, through it. I think I was. Um, it's actually, as you're looking, it's written in two languages. Persian seems to be in the front. Towards the back, there seems to be a language that you've never seen before. You've never seen such weird characters mm. or, or anything like it. Um, in any case, you have it. Those of you who are in the room, uh, it's not unlike uh, you, you. You know that Mr. Myers is experiencing something bizarre. Uh, you're also afraid to touch the 
the hat uh, because of your experience before. Uh, and if anybody wants to do a spot hidden, get a, a hard, you'll probably be able to hear it whispering. Glad I have a poor roll then. 94. Right. I am listening to the train go. I got 99. <laughs> I'm too busy trying to. Dimitri, if you can together. hold the poor fellow down. I got a hard. Dang it. <laughs> I already heard this hat. <laughs> yep. Dimitri will, uh, will sit on, on the... this hat. Oh. <laughs> I have it. Dimitri will sit on the bed uh, next to, to Charles and not Charles. Is that his name? Right. Um, Scott. 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 Scott Meyer. I'll sit, I'll sit on the bed next to Scott and just kind of hold his uh, arms at the shoulders and, and try and steady him. You know, I have a bit of first aid knowledge. I'll wrap something around my hand to grip the fez so that it doesn't contact me and okay. see if there's any effect of trying to separate that knit tissue of his forehead from the brim of a cap. You must right. step away, my lady, please. As I'll hold um, towel too to help because the head wounds bleed, so I'll be ready to help the man. As you try to insert the knife somewhat between the, uh, the hat and the flesh, uh, you, you start to realize the only way you can do this is to cut the flesh. Um, you, you try cutting the fez, and although you can make, you can damage the fez, you can, you can, you know, put some score marks into it, they instantly heal themselves. It's almost as if it re-sews itself together. Um, you remember trying to toss it into the fire and it had no effect at all. Um, you try it and, and lift the fez from the skin and it takes the skin with it. Uh, and also when you do anything to it, when you try to damage it, Mr. Myers reacts. Um, he acts not only like he's in pain, but begins to violently twitch when you when you try to cut into it as if you were cutting nerves or or mm -hmm. something like that well unfortunately for him i think we're gonna have to make it so that he can't scream to attract a lot of attention and just go for it yeah otherwise he's going otherwise he's gonna die i don't yeah. uh not merely die but become something less than human i'll take the towel that i was going to use to sop up, clean up the head, and roll it, put it in his mouth so he doesn't bite down on his tongue and also try to keep him silent. So I'll be okay. helping Dimitri basically steady him, but I'll be focused on the head. Is Henri, uh, how is Henri responding to this behavior? He's, he's there to help in anything that you need to do. He's quite upset, quite angry that this men calf has come onto his train. This loudy. Can he... Uh, could he send someone to summon Laudi? I don't know if we want Laudi to be here. I mean, we would, if we can't have Persian, I, I, it's true. Maybe Laudi will make it worse. He's the one well, who started this. You figure it out. I'm going to uh, bite the 
some of my pipe very hard and start cutting. Right. Do a luck roll. Mm. Feel as though I should be rolling Scott Myers' luck. <laughs> I don't often roll a 99. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you uh, you are trying to get that knife blade under the edge, and uh, the the hat skin is fighting you by uh, repairing itself wherever you begin to cut. Um, Myers is screaming into the, the thing that you've put into his mouth, and he's shaking. And all of a sudden, the lights in the room uh, begin to flicker. Uh, this is a pinch light, so it's a gas light. Uh, it starts to flicker uh, and, and turn very blue as it seems to be getting cut off. Um, behind him, against the wall, this shadow begins to rise up as if it were some sort of tangible thing. It starts raising up against the wall and you can see it sort of form eyes and a big jaw, big mouth, and it suddenly lashes out um, at, uh, at Sydney, who's standing nearby. <laughs> Sydney, do a, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> Scream. I'm startled. Do I take a sand check? Well, we'll do the sand checks for everybody in a second. We need to see if you want to dodge or fight back. Uh, I would have no idea how to fight a shadow. I would be dodging. Okay, go ahead and dodge. And that looks low, but it's not. It's a dodge, which isn't good. Oh no! It's a it's a success. All right. This thing in three dimensions reaches out from the wall with a big claw and just misses you. You can all do Sam. Holy. As Sydney leaps, as Sydney sort of falls Ooh. to the ground. Pass. 62 is a pass. That is a fail. Succeeded. No. Zero two is a pass. Nice. Okay. If, you, is- if you pass, take one damage. If you fail, do a 1d4. Um, oh Mrs. Myers screams and uh, runs from the room uh, and uh, this thing continues. It's going to attack. The, the lights are are almost out. Everything's got a kind of bluish glow to it. Not until I pull my lighter out. <laughs> you going to pull your lighter out? Yep. All right. <laughs> Um, so we'll call that an attack. Go ahead and attack. Oh, my brawl is base. Yeah, 89. No. Okay. Well, I got a 99. So (laughs) it definitely reacts. It's not a very bright light, though. So it, it, uh, it makes motions and you're 
the the light on your lighter flickers. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, it's going to lash out again at uh, Bernard. Because oh. he's trying to cut the knife, cut the thing off. Yes, well, I think uh, given that I wasn't even aware of it until it flashed out the first time as I was focused on trying not to murder the young man, as I see it swing again, I'm going to use the same knife and attempt to fend it off. To fend it off? Yes. All right. Exactly. I'm better with a gun than I am without. But 24 is the narrowest success. I got an 11. Last. Hard. Uh, It uh, slashes out at you. Um, It will say that in addition to knocking the knife away from you, it's going to do two points of damage, sort of slashing across you and probably throws you back and uh, spreads its arms out as the room begins to get darker. Uh, anybody else? Uh, I am Dimitri holding on to Scott will physically dive for the floor, taking Scott with me. And I'm going to try and drive him into the floor and then protectively get over onto his back and keep him out of the way of the combat. Please do a, uh, a dexterity roll. I have a great dex, and I almost failed that. So it is a success, <laughs> but just barely. You uh, you pull him off onto the ground. Uh, you land on top of him, and your nose comes about a quarter of an inch from touching the fez that's on his head, but you manage not to touch, not to contact it. Um, what else? Uh, I'm going to go up to the, uh, you said the, the pitch lights were fading down. Right. And I was thinking, well, I'll turn the gas up on it because they're gas lights, right? And so I'm going to try and route more gas to the flame. Okay. Um, that effectively brings the light up for a couple of seconds, and the shadow pulls back away from the brighter light in the process though it knocks things over on the on the you know the count the, the shelf and and so forth in the room so there's now a crashing and the thing is still it's just sort of cowering back in the shadows but it can still leap out towards you that thing's uh, corporeal <laughs> james what are you doing uh, he is uh, just standing there at the moment, uh, trying to figure out what do he. He has he has a like a, a lighter as well, so he's he's gonna try and. Like, well, he's got a match, so he's gonna try and match and like go towards the shadow with his match. With a match. Yeah, just a match. Okay. Um. It's going to slash out at you. Uh, are you going to try to dodge? Yeah, he will dodge with his little action. 
89. Which is a fail. It is also going to lash out at you, uh, knock the the light from your hand, and it's going to do one point of damage to you. And these are visible wounds. You are bleeding where it's Mm. scratched at you. Does the lighter, because these are the old lighters, does the lighter stay on? It's not like slid across the floor and lighting the curtains on fire, is it? Well, it was a match. Uh, no, it was, oh, a, it was match. a match. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, out into the light. Is the shadow uh, like coming from the Fez or is it just in the room? It's it's in the room now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's not. It seemed to be coming from where he was laying. And now it's attacking, but now it's visibly moving around. Okay. Uh, Ori, bring light. So, um. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, um, is it is it possible? Actually, no. I'm I'm in the middle of the room. I can't really be running down the hall. Right. But you guys are making enough noise that people are coming. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in here. There's no like side lantern or something like that inside the room. No, because fire. Yeah. Yeah. No. What time of day is it? It's like eleven thirty at night at this point. All right. So yeah, it's not hours hours of darkness. Yeah. I, All the uh, fire in the sky is on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. The thing is going to attack uh, Dimitri. He's lying on the floor on top of, uh, but it's going to go for him. Do you want? Do you want to try and defend yourself? Is there? <laughs> is there like any kind of like a a, a small uh, side table? Something that's maybe got a single uh, a single pedestal kind of you know body and then like you know splayed out legs and a small little round tabletop something i could grab and swing as a as a club yeah nothing like that everything is built in everything's built in um yeah you know i'm gonna try a fight back even though i'm awful at it i'll try a fight back with a kick okay rock on i will spend the one luck to make it a hard success. Okay. I got a nine. Ah, um, frack. Your foot goes right into this thing as if there's nothing there. But when it does, your foot is suddenly grabbed. Something's got a hold of your grab. And as the shadow moves, you are pulled across the room and sort of flung against the wall. Um, as the thing looms up again, it, it actually it's able to sort of like move in the shadows. So even if the shadows are on the ceiling, it starts to move up around them uh, in order to attack. It is going to attack. Uh, it's going to attack James again. Mm. I get he's he's going to dunk. Okay, go ahead. Barely a success, but still a success. Barely one, though. Okay. I seem to be... Yeah, I keep rolling very good rolls. I got a 19. 
So yeah. once again, it's only going to do one point of damage. So you guys are dodging this. It's uh, do, do are there like lanterns or candles or anything? Nope, not Flashlight. any lights. They oh, they my. wouldn't they wouldn't risk the fire. So, well, these bastards. I mean, <laughs> you <laughs> could light something, something on, fire on fire from the yeah that's, you know, that's what i'm thinking as, yeah there's that's... blankets there's shirt there's paper oh we got the oh there is there is um there is stationary yes i got a whole book of paper it, yeah if they're it, stationary i want to start it, putting things all right it's light like all right so that that's a fair uh, what were you going to say sydney um there's uh there's an adjoining bathroom right there is, yes. Yeah, and and it would have mirror, a, a mirror in it, right? Yes. Yeah. We maybe maybe the mirror might help, it, at least to amplify the light, or maybe to reflect the thing. I don't know. I'll it's try attached. to go in. And, I'll, I'll not... pull. I'll I'll take my wrench and pry that sucker off, even if it just snaps in half. Okay. Uh, you yeah. just bought that. That's that's probably going to destroy it. So. It's gonna break into pieces as you try something like that because it's okay. built in. It's it's not easily to okay. No, but it's a, it's a fair you know. So Montgomery, you've lit something on fire, a piece of paper, uh, and that flares up. Uh, the thing, uh, it cowers into the shadows, but at the same time, it's almost like it's blowing. So it's trying to blow out the light. That it's flickering as it's coming, and as you you sort of. You can see that it's there. It's a visible, physical darkness. Um, and it's going to slash out. But are you going to, what are you going to do? I challenge it with the fire. With a 99, so horrible. <laughs> horrible. It goes horribly wrong. It got an 87. So um, we're push, slashing. Push that roll. Push that roll. Um, <laughs> I'm not pushing a roll when I have fire in my hand and we're on the wooden, <laughs> wooden tree. It, um, it, what it does instead is it seems to sort of slither like almost like liquid uh, onto the floor. Uh, it goes underneath the bunk, you know, where there's shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get the distinct, those are the rest of you in the room get the distinct feeling that it slips out into the corridor of the room. And you lose track of it. It's it's gone. It's somewhere in the the train. Oh, that's uh, what the fuck. Myers, uh, although he's now face down on the floor, he hasn't really changed. He's sh- he's shaking. Um, Mrs. Myers uh, is extremely upset. She's probably did a little screaming there. Uh, Henry is trying to. Uh, uh, everybody's kind of stunned as to what they've just seen. And that's where we're going to end it for tonight and pick it up next week. <laughs> right. um, our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, Josh Harwood, and John Hook with your Australia's Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. 
we provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft on the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Thank you.